we're now streaming on live tube <laughs> live tube <laughs> <laughs> i got this new notification that says webinar is now live streaming which i like because it lets me know when we go when we go live and stuff so hey everybody welcome to divi chat this week episode 74 we've got a great episode we're going to talk about facebook ads if you want to market your business no matter what type of business you are i highly recommend you watch and listen to this episode because it's going to be great i know i'm looking forward to it before we get started let's go around the horn and introduce ourselves and the guy right over here is going to go first mr Corey hammond the pointing's not working on my screen i i definitely see you pointing right at sarah but uh, Corey, yeah Corey <laughs> from uh a2 hosting uh i've run the marketing there awesome so glad to have you Corey. actually i'm going by the youtube live by what the screen is there. So if you view that, you'll see you're standing right next to me. I should have started ladies first, and I'm very sorry, Sarah. Sarah. I'm highly offended. Um, <laughs> I, was just, I was just posting in the Facebook groups to let people know that we're on. Um, my name is Sarah Oates. I'm from Endure Web Studios in Australia, and you can catch me at Endure Web on all the things. Fantastic. Corey Jenkins. Corey Jenkins here, the real Corey. <laughs> Happy to be on the show with my arch nemesis, Corey Hammond. Uh, you can find me at uh, divi.space and aspengrovestudios.com. I'm coming at you from Prescott, Arizona. Happy to be here. Fantastic. So glad you're here, Corey. Hey, Jerry. Hey, good to be back. I've been away for a few weeks, but uh, we're back here from Southern California. And uh, you can find me on montereypremier.com or ferventsolutions.com. And since today's topic is Facebook advertising, you can click here to learn more. <laughs> so glad you're here, Jerry. Hey, Tim. Hey, everybody. Tim Streifler here. And uh, you can find me online at divilife.com and timstreifler.com as well as WP the podcast. Fantastic. And my name is David Blackman with Aspen Grove Studios, Divi Space. And I'm Tim's co-host over at WP, the podcast as well. Uh, today, we got a great topic. We brought on an extra special guest. Corey Hammond is the chief marketing officer for A2 Hosting, and he's kind of the guy who's helped me learn a lot about Facebook ads myself. So if I sound like a Facebook ad guru in this episode, you can blame Corey Hammond. It's his fault because He's who I learned a lot of stuff from. No, we're, we're really glad to have him, real excited and stuff. And we appreciate you taking time out. I know you have four little kids and it's dinner time on the East Coast. So tell your wife that we're very, very thankful. And I'm sure the audience will be as well. I am going to preface this episode with we're not going to get into the mechanics of how to create a Facebook ad account, how to set up, you know, a business manager and all of that stuff. You can you can do a lot of that stuff online. I think more what we want to talk about today is why you want to why you might want to consider using Facebook ads as a medium to advertise to get more business. Uh, if you have products and or services, how it can be beneficial and then kind of share with you some of the strategies and stuff that we do with um, creating audiences and and marketing to those Facebook users. So 
Sorry I talked so long. Somebody else can feel free to jump in. And I know names. Well, I'll jump in and say why you should do Facebook ads before we get into some of the other stuff. Um, Now, some of this might be kind of obvious or kind of a no-brainer, but uh, I guess the number one reason why you should do Facebook ads is because Facebook is one of the most traffic websites on the internet. I think it's like changes with Google and YouTube. So it's in the top three. Um, And then additionally, Facebook has uh, pretty much as much data on their users than any any other companies. Now that's kind of getting them into trouble at at this point in time. But um, as advertisers and marketers, data is a good thing. The more you can laser target your audience, the better, uh, because you don't want just any traffic coming to your site. You want highly targeted traffic, people that are likely to buy or to sign up or, or whatever it may be. And so at Facebook, you can do that easily. You can also do it pretty inexpensively compared to other ways of advertising. So that's kind of the Facebook ads 101 why you should do it. Corey, I hate to throw you under the bus, but I'm going to throw you under the bus. <laughs> I know you're both looking at me like, who the hell are you talking to? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with Corey Hammond. Jenkins uh, is getting run over. Jenkins. <laughs> Share some some wisdom with us, my my brother. Come on, Hammond. Yeah, I Come think on, if Hammond. we're gonna maybe pivot off of Tim's comments about like the targeting and stuff, uh, that would be maybe a good place to start, so people understand kind of um, the depth that you can go. Maybe um, so. Facebook obviously has their own data, the data people put into their profiles and whatnot. Uh, but then they also have data based on what you interact with on their network, what pages and groups you like and participate in. Uh, they also bring in third-party data. Um, so if you have currently. a, yeah, currently <laughs> they do. Uh, yeah. So if, uh, if you're a car dealership and you want to target people based on um, a potential intent to buy a car, uh, Facebook has some of that data, or um, if you want to target like home buyers, I think there's some real estate stuff in there. There's also like demographic data. So um, Facebook knows without Sarah telling them that she has, I, I saw one kid running around. So kids or Corey's <laughs> got kids. So uh, it's got like household information, um, what's the other one? Like financial, like income. Like if you, yeah. if you know your products and services are tailored, like say you're like a high-end customers, you know, your customers make at least 80, $90,000 or more a year. You can target those people. So there's all these refining um, segments that you can target based on. Yeah. And we didn't even dive into the, to the things that you can do with pixeling and stuff where to bring in even more data for traffic that, comes in from outside of Facebook that you can then target as well. So you may be, um, and I don't want to pivot away. We can, we can stay. I think it's all kind of the same stuff uh, talking about the data points and stuff that, that you can get with Facebook. You may have been searching a website. Let's, you know, use the car automobile. And all of a sudden you start seeing automobile ads pop up in your Facebook feed and stuff. And um, well, that's, Facebook marketing. That's the power of Facebook ads in essence 
right there. Uh, they know what you're looking for. And, and that's why Facebook ads are so valuable because you can get in front of the people who are interested in your products and or services, you know, and it's a somewhat warm lead as opposed to a stone cold commercial TV ad where you're getting a blanket broad audience and stuff. Can you just um, briefly say what pixeling actually is? Because I think a lot of people talk about Facebook pixeling, but I don't know if anyone like can someone probably Tim, cause you're our guru explainer. Definer. Yeah. Definer. Just, just like a quick, because I think <laughs> yeah. people always talk about pixeling, but they don't always explain actually what it does. Like, yeah. you know, I know that's not the topic for today, but I think that'd be useful in the. Well, thing. it's part yeah. of it. So yeah, it's a huge part of it. Yeah. So the Facebook pixel is essentially a little piece of tracking code that you install on your website. And so when you do that, Facebook is able to track what users do on your website. And so like at the most basic form, they know that when a visitor clicks your ad and lands on your website, also they're able to know, even if they don't come to you through Facebook and they just land on your website some other way, Facebook's able to see that they've landed on your site because of that tracking code. And then you're able to do some of the things that David kind of briefly alluded to where someone comes to your website and then they start seeing ads on Facebook for your company. Um, and so that, that's, that's kind of the most basic form. You can get really technical with uh, the different things with the pixel. You could track uh, add to carts. If you're an e-commerce site, you can add different pages that they go to. There's uh, a lot of stuff that I haven't even really dug into with the Facebook pixel, but essentially it's a bit of tracking code that will report back to Facebook what users do on your site. Yeah, and, and for Divi users, it's pretty easy to install it at, at a base level. Once you have the, the tracking code, uh, the Facebook pixel generated, you can actually go into Divi theme options and just put it in the, uh, in the header. Um, and then uh, getting more advanced, like Tim was talking about, like if you're integrating with uh, WooCommerce or EDD, there's some plugins out there. Um, one of our plugins that we use on our sites is uh, Pixel Your Site, which they have a free version and a paid version, but it's it's very robust and you can put in those different events and things that, that you really want to track and get really fine tuned. But at, at a base level, it's, it's really easy to install in Divi. So for most people, they would just put in the header, but then if you're wanting to get a bit more advanced, you would use the plugin. Yeah. Yeah. Cause with uh, like WooCommerce and EDD, as Corey mentioned, it's different events. And so you need to be able to have a more in-depth pixel to be able to track those events on the site. And so you can do it without a plugin. It's just so much easier with the plugin. Yeah. So maybe we should back up even one step further or one step farther back before we started the pixeling conversation. Essentially with the targeting, there's two types kind of two, I call them like warm and cold traffic. The first type of targeting we were talking about is cold traffic, like people that may not know about you. Warm traffic is through the retargeting that we've talked about with the pixeling, where you're putting the pixel on your own site and targeting those people. And then you're tar you can target them based on things that they do, uh, pages that they visit, things that they interact with, things that they buy uh, on your site. If like Tim was just explained with EDD and WooCommerce, those are then a little bit like warmer customers that, so they visited you and then you're running ads going back to them to try to make them do something else. And, and even the, the cold targeting would be like, would that be more like interest-based? Like you can still target, I want to target people that are interested in WordPress, 
divvy and, and and you can still set those audiences correct uh, uh age ranges things like that is that included in what you yep. consider cold okay yeah you can do it on both right so like if you know um if you want to segment like your warm or your cold traffic by like gender right male female you can separate the two out um if you want to do like a lot of people will do countries right uh, where they'll run a particular ad in the U.S., but then maybe they'll translate that ad for Mexico and Spain into Spanish. So even, it doesn't matter whether it's your warm or cold traffic, you can still segment them uh, based on those targeting options. Like, like, like if you're running an ad to like learn Spanish in two weeks, you don't want to run it in like Spain and Mexico and other Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and I wanna... Can I ask a stupid question? So if you can't tell already, I don't actually know a lot about Facebook ads. I've done one or two really basic ones. But when you say you can segment them, are you saying that you can do an ad that is targeted and then you can run a separate ad that is targeted slightly differently? Or are you saying within the one ad, you can have a few segments going at the same time? Um, I think both. Both, yeah. Okay. So. Cool. So yeah, so typically people will like to split test, right? They'll have like an ad that's like, or, or a campaign that's for like, uh, let's call it purchasing elegant themes, right? And then what they'll do is at the, at the ad group level, they'll break it out um, or the Facebook, it's an ad set. At an ad set level, you can break it out that this is my, my male targeted and this is my female targeted. Um, and you can even get more granular than that, but that's a basic version of it. And then run two separate ads to the, those people. And um, I want to go ahead, Tim, you've been trying to jump in for a while. Oh, I, I just, we're talking a little bit about the pixel and then cold traffic, warm traffic. And I wanted to, to say, I think something kind of worth pointing out is the reason why you want to do retargeting, which is, you know, your warm traffic, people that have already been to your site, you want to retarget them on Facebook and show them ads several times is most of the time people don't just see an ad and buy something right away. And so I think that's something that a lot of people that have tried Facebook and, and didn't succeed at that, that was maybe a mistake that they made where, you know, Oh, Facebook ads didn't work for me. It's like, well, you know, there's different things that could have gone wrong. And I think one of those is, um, you know, only advertising to cold traffic and expecting people to buy. But retargeting is a piece where, uh, you know, after they see your traffic, you can then show them another ad, or I'm sorry, after they click on your ad and see your website, you can then show them another ad and, you know, from a different angle. And it's kind of like, uh, I've heard this analogy in marketing a couple of times, but it's like, you need to, to date someone before you ask them to marry you. And so, you know, people aren't just going to see your product and then buy right away when they don't know anything about you. You haven't earned their trust. You haven't earned, you haven't shown that you're credible yet. And so, you know, it takes multiple touch points. You know, I'm, I, I know there's stats out there, you know, the average amount of touch points it takes, you know, it's going to depend on uh, the niche. It's going to depend on, you know, how much the product costs. If you're selling $5 products, a lot of times people might just buy, you know, it's like kind of that direct response. But if you're selling something that's, you know, $100 plus, uh, then it's going to take a few times of them seeing you, seeing your ads uh, before they're able to actually like get out the credit cards and pull the trigger. Yeah. And so, I want to okay. go ahead, Jerry. Oh, so, well, I was just going to ask, cause I've only played around with uh, Facebook advertising a little bit, but more for local businesses. So not so much, you know, worldwide reach, but just trying to, you know, make a visit, a business visible to the local community. Um, but it seems like there's like a certain amount of traffic that 
is required in order for retargeting to really be effective. Um, just wondering if you guys have any impressions on like what, what kind of volume of traffic is needed for the pixel for retargeting for all, you know, all of that to really start to make sense. Here's you've kind of segued into what I was going to kind of bring up because I want to, I want to loop in who I think a lot of our viewers are. They're web designers and they're building websites for clients and they may be building locally. And I was just going to bring this up because mm -hmm. Obviously, some of us on the panel create products for WordPress, and and yeah, there's definitely a, a very large audience with WordPress, but a lot of our viewers are probably out there, you know, building websites in their local town and city, and they're wondering, is Facebook a good medium for me to advertise on? You bring up a very good point about audience size. It does matter. Um, you can get very niche with those demographics on the on the audience building. So for example, you can, you can niche for solar in Prescott, Arizona, you know, by zip code and, and create audiences and Facebook will allow you to do that. The problem is that you're right, Jerry, those audiences are not those that large, unless you're in New York city where there's 14 million people. But if you or where you live, Orange County <laughs> and that area, which is, you know, probably, yeah, three million. So it does matter. I mean, it, it can matter. However, there is a value in, I think, even in small towns and stuff where they, the people locally that see your ads on Facebook, um, you know, over time when they need your services, you're going to be top of mind. Now, I'm going to ask Corey Hammond this question because I feel like he's probably going to be able to answer it. Um and it has to do with cost, cost locally versus cost, you know, um, larger audiences and stuff. Is there a value in the smaller audience type kind of stuff, Corey? You, you see where I'm going with it? You understand the more question expensive. that I'm asking? Are you saying, is it more expensive to advertise to a smaller audience? Is there a value in, for example, a web developer creating an audience keeping an ad running consistently, even though it is in a much smaller, you know, area or reach than, so you know, maybe a big a audience. Example would be like a mechanic, right? Like rather yeah. than a web developer. Yeah. So yeah. Like some sort of local business that's like, people are always looking for a mechanic. It's a recurring thing that they need to do. And if they're unhappy with their mechanic, they might look around at other options. So say there's like a small mechanic business, would it be beneficial to be running Facebook ads regularly targeting a particularly local area? And can you target just like a few suburbs, for example? Yeah, yes, there's always, I would say there's always value. Um, so let's talk about the two types. If you're retargeting, right? One of the things like that I was thinking when Tim was talking is people just get distracted. They're online, their buddy messages them on Facebook boom, they're moved over, right? They moved off your website onto that. And say, if we're going with a mechanic, I was looking to get an oil change. Uh, oh, but now some my buddy messaged me. So now I'm playing around on Facebook and scrolling through my feed and completely forgot about my oil change. But now the ad comes up because I'm being retargeted, right? That would be a perfect scenario where, yes, those ads should be running. Now, yeah. if I'm a uh, mechanic and... Um, I have a service I can offer to the local base, like say, uh, like a lot of those um, 
I don't know if you have them in Australia, but some of the oil change places are like the, the quick service, quick lube places that have um, car washes, right? There's things you can do to try to acquire customers with different products and services that you have being a mechanic um, to try to get in front of that local audience. But it's all about measuring the data on the back end to make sure <clears throat> what you're spending is driving some sort of return. So how would you suggest that part of it? So actually assessing whether or not it's been beneficial. So um, I guess you're going to look at referral traffic back into your website from the ad clicks on the ad. Yep. Clicks. I mean, you're going to get the <clears throat> impressions on the ad. You're going to get the clicks on the ad. Uh, <clears throat> if you're using the Facebook pixel and then you're driving them back to your website, you can even get the conversion data whether they're nice. opting into a form, downloading a coupon, um, <clears throat> any action that they can take on your website, I believe you can really relatively tag through the pixel and report back those conversions into Facebook. Nice. I think that's really useful. Sorry, I'm a little bit distracted with the live viewers that were asking questions and stuff. And I'll, I'll, I'll throw them in here from time to time and stuff. I'm not sure if Ben's being serious, but uh, um, I know Russell had a very good question. I don't want to derail from this conversation local and stuff, but he wants to know that once someone has purchased, is there a way to turn off that person in your audience so that you're not, they're not... I guess my simple answer would, you basically get charged for clicks. So if they've already purchased your products and stuff, they're probably not going to click your ad again, right? Well, it depends how you're bidding because you can also bid on CPM and impression-based. Um, but the right. easy answer is yes. Uh, what you do is you create, Facebook allows you to create multiple audiences. So what you can actually do is you can create a, um, a purchased audience, like a buyer's audience, essentially think of it almost like an email list of your buyers, but only they're cookie based. So you can actually tell Facebook, these are the people that have purchased from me uh, based on either a confirmation page, or you can actually upload a customer sheet to Facebook and say, these are all my buyers. Um, and what that does then is tell you can exclude those from a particular campaign. Yeah, I wrote it in the chat. Well, one thing I wanted to say is but that wouldn't necessarily work for people that will use a different email for purchasing, you know, a product yeah. as they would for that they have associated with the Facebook account. Right. I mean, everything's imperfect. Right. But based on between a customer list and being a, being pixeled, you hope maybe one of the two is going to um, catch them. So yes, it's not, will it catch every last person known to man? No, but it's going to be a, at least enough of a blanket coverage that it's not wasteful. And then to yeah. David's point, right? Like depending on how you're bidding, if you're bidding based on conversion or based on uh, click, um, you would hope that person's not going to be clicking your ad to buy the same product that they just bought or whatever. Yeah. So likelihood is then you're not double paying for them. 
Yeah. And it was brought up in the chat. Uh, you know, this is Divi chat, obviously everyone here uses Divi. And if you're on Facebook, you probably see Divi's ad you know, the, the one of the girl and the masterpiece, the painter, uh, we've all seen it, you know, hundreds of times, or at least seen it scroll past hundreds of times, whether you watch it or <laughs> you, um, but would you say, and I guess this is more directed to Corey Hammond, that there's value in that kind of continuous branding, you know, even if someone's already used, the or already purchased the product but still having them kind of you know continuously seeing the brand in front of them i i definitely think it all just comes back to the numbers and what your uh what you're trying to do and and what's economical um is it economical for the local uh, mechanic to run the same ad day in and day out month over month uh, with the same offer, the same pitch, the same promotion. Um, I don't know if, if he's, let's just throw out a number, say he's spending $50 a month. Is he getting back a return on it? If so, then yes, continue it. But after three months of running the same ad, if he sees his profitability where he's spending $50, but he's not seeing a return on it anymore because he's got banner blindness or the offer is just saturated and people have seen it 2000 times, whatever the case is, then he probably needs to pivot. But at the end of the day, you, you should have the analytics and tracking set up ahead of time and continuously just measure it. Um, but again, it, it all would depend on that data. I, can, can I ask a question that maybe uh, one of you guys can answer? And, and I've heard um, people ask this before, and I've never really heard a straight answer. Is there a advantage, disadvantage um, to creating an ad versus like boosting a, a post? Um, is there certain times that it, that post should be boosted as opposed to creating an ad or, 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 or what's the difference between those? Yeah, it really depends on your, your purpose or your intent, right? So where boosting uh, an existing piece of content can be beneficial is you've already got social engagement happening on that ad. So maybe a bunch of people have already liked it or uh, commented on it and things are favorable. And now you just want to get some branding effect or reach an audience that may not be as familiar with you. And now you boost that piece of content to whoever you're targeting, right? Um, versus maybe you don't have a piece of content uh, that's boostable or that you want to boost and you need that new ad. Um, but you could realistically take that uh, piece of content and you could run a, a cold ad on it with that doesn't have any engagement, almost like a fresh slate. So you could do it both ways, really. Okay. Yeah, and one thing you can do too, and I don't know if within Facebook it's considered the same thing, but you know they make the boosted posts super simple. You write something, post it. Oh, here, boost it with some ad dollars so that more people will will use their ad platform. But you can also create a post and then get some of that organic engagement, that social proof on there, as Corey mentioned. And then within the ad platform, you can use an existing post as an ad. And so then you could, you know, have different target audiences, you know, you can have, you know, this one goes to this demographic, this one goes to this demographic, but use that same existing post for both ads. And that way, you know, all that social engagement that builds up, uh, you can still, you know, leverage that over time. And so that's why you see some ads on there that have, you know, hundreds of, you know, thousands of views and, you know, 
thousands of, of uh, comments and likes and all of that, they might be testing different audiences, but using that same post. Um, and so I, I found that to be effective. Interesting. Yeah. So I kind of got derailed from where we're at in the conversation. I've been listening, but I've I been think maybe you should just like go and watch and just stuff. be in the interview chat. Well, I have to kick the bend overs out of the chat and stuff. <laughs> One thing I. That's what Pablo's for. Uh, something that Corey mentioned um, that I think is worth talking about is uh, banner blindness. Uh, and there's a metric in Facebook, which is average views, I think is what it's called, which is the average number of times that someone has viewed your ad. And mm -hmm. so um, that's important because if your ad starts frequency. to frequency free, okay. Average frequency. Yeah. Um, that will, that metric comes into play because yeah, banner blindness, people have seen your ad, you know, dozens of times they've just, you know, subconsciously started to ignore it. And so, so how is there like a, a percentage that you would say, okay, now it's time to like turn it down or is it just, you just look at the metrics of whether it's still turning over or not? I've heard from uh, Neil Patel, who is a notable internet marketer, the number four, he said, if the average frequency is over four, you should probably, you know, get a new image, switch up the ad, do something different. Um, however, I think it comes into play. And I think Corey, you told me this, Corey Hammond, that uh, you should look at the numbers, let the data, you know, tell you whether or not you need to switch things up. You know, that's kind of a rule of thumb, if anything. Um, it, from my experience, my average frequency is definitely a lot higher. I think that might be a little bit different because we're in such a niche with, you know, the Divi uh, community. Um, but I look at the numbers, the ad is still, you know, profitable. And so, you know, I don't need to change it. I don't know. What do, what do you think, Corey? Yeah, for me, it's purely always about the numbers. I think if we're talking just generalities, I think that like three to four range is probably good from a frequency perspective. Um, but I also think even going a little longer doesn't hurt as well because Facebook will allow you to do some attrib attribution modeling, meaning they'll allow you to see like, how many people engage with me day one versus how many people have engaged with me over like a seven day period. And then you'll see, you can look at some of that data and see, oh, well, even though people are seeing my ad initially, they're not taking action and they're not taking action until like that day seven attribution. And so you need those extra impressions um, and that, that higher frequency number then to, uh, to actually capture them and get them to actually take action. But again, it that's, all comes, for me, it's all about looking at the data that they give me and, and making my decisions. As long as I've got enough data, uh, making sure I'm, I'm leaning on that to kind of guide my decisions. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pivot the conversation here just a little bit um, because we've, we've talked about a lot of really, really, really good stuff that I think is invaluable when running Facebook ads. I'm watching Divi Chat right now. I'm new what are the three things that I can do to get started with Facebook ads? Do you recommend me hiring someone to run them for me because they're too complicated? Is it something that I can learn myself? I don't want to get into how to create the business account and all the stuff, like we said at the beginning, but what are maybe some of the top three things that 
I could do as a business owner right now, if I wanted to get into Facebook ads and just start doing it and stuff. I said, just start doing it. Yeah. I I was going to get more granular than that. That was, (laughs) (laughs) that was definitely what I was thinking in my head. Uh, but yeah, set a budget, an amount of money that you're, you're willing to spend on a test Mm -hmm. and an amount that you could just lose. Um, if you're trying to figure out what that amount is, maybe if you're trying to sell something, uh, take your product and at least spend what your product costs. So like, say you sell a $30 plugin or a $50 theme, take that amount and either spend one to two times that amount. So 60 to hundred dollars in that 30 to $50 example, start there, take that budget and then start testing, uh, put an ad together test it, run it, break something, blow it up, and then just rinse and repeat and refine as you learn. How long would you run it before you deem it a failure? I would spend that whole budget. Yeah. But um, like over what period of time? Because I I think I heard somewhere that it takes a little bit of time for Facebook to optimize your ad and for you to kind of get the results that you're looking for. So like, would you say for a month, do it or a shorter period of time? What do you think? Uh, again, it's hard it, because it, of your audience size, right? Like what if yeah. I've got, if I've got a hundred people I'm trying to get in front of because I live in, in BFE like mm. Corey does, or I'm in the OC where I've got like tons of people to market to. It, it depends on the audience size. I would say that based on an average audience size, you probably can go like through 30 to $50 in one to two weeks fairly easily. And, and cover a week's period of time. Um, but what, however long it takes you to spend through that money targeting your audience. Um, and it also, it also depends on the type of ad that you run as well, how fast you're going to go through that and stuff, whether it is the, the, the cold audience and stuff. So I, like, for example, U.S.-based audiences are typically more expensive than you know, audiences outside of the U.S. and stuff. It's going to cost more for businesses to market through Facebook in the United States than it does in some of the other countries around the world. I know we have experienced that because we have our audiences segmented and we can tell, you know, why is this one so much more expensive than this one? And it's because that audience is primarily in the U.S., and um, so I think it does, there are lots of factors like Corey said also that come into play as well that, that will eat that budget up. Nice. I, I just saw in the chat that people were also asking the question about um, Google ads versus Facebook ads and whether or not you're going to be spending more on one or whether one is more effective than the other. I have a personal view, but I don't have technical view of that which is um clients have told me that they've spent a lot more on google ads but is there any more technical data behind any of that you can google adwords it's a little it's different um you can bid for specific keywords and stuff uh you can do different things it's just a different platform than facebook i think you can spend a lot more on google ads (laughs) than you will on facebook can you even get as cheap with Google AdWords, Corey, as you can with Facebook ads? Building the sizes of audiences that you can build on Facebook? At the end of the day, it just depends, right? Like 
again, they're two different platforms for two different purposes. Search through Google is intent-based. Someone goes out and they highly are, are fairly highly targeted based on what they're searching, where Facebook is, is a broader, almost think of, I, I would correlate Facebook's audience more like Google Display Network versus the search network. So when you talk Google AdWords, most people talk like the search ads, but Google AdWords also has the display network. I think the display network is more like what Facebook is. So it's hard to compare them side by side for that. Um, Really it's sure. Could you, you spend more on AdWords or Facebook one or the other? Yes, you could. Um, I think like David was saying, you probably have a higher probability of spending more on AdWords, uh, but that doesn't mean it's not working. Right. Uh, it's right? probably a slightly different audience as well. Like people who are in Facebook are looking yeah, it is. I mean, the, the at, intent, at right? If I'm, if I'm sitting down, let's go back to the mechanic example. If I'm at Google searching for an oil change, my, yeah. my intent is there. I'm looking, I need to fix that problem. Um, if I'm on Facebook, I don't need, I don't, you don't know whether I need an oil change. You may have targeted me to know that I own a car maybe, or you're just targeting a local geo because you're hoping, I don't know what the percentage is, 80, 90% of the people in the U S at least have cars. And so you are hoping that because everyone has cars and eventually they're going to need an oil change. I want my ad to be in front of them. So it's a little different, um, intent, I guess, um, but I think they have to be measured uh, a little differently. Uh, so maybe where AdWords is more scary from a cost perspective is because the platform is more robust um, and, and uh, it takes maybe a longer time to optimize a campaign, to dial it into where it's profitable, where with Facebook, um, it's a little easier to turn on, turn off if things aren't working. Um, and like I said, the, the acquisition cost or the initial budgeting cost may be appear lower um, than what AdWords would be. Right. And one of the, the differences, you know, I know, you know, you can bid on specific keywords for your industry, which is great with Google AdWords, but it might be highly competitive. There's other people bidding on those keywords. There's only so much. Google has all of that data, just like Facebook has all of the data. And that data has a value put on it. So if if you and I are local and we're searching for the same thing and we're bidding on, you know, there's only so many searches in that specific niche, for example, mechanic, oil change, and we're both bidding on that traffic, you know, it, it comes at a higher premium on the Google AdWords side as opposed to Facebook where, you know, it, it's just a little bit different. So it is so kind of hard. Kind of what you're saying, David, is you have more opportunities on Facebook to get in front of them where Google people, as Corey Hammond mentioned, it's like, you know, they're, they have that intent, but they're only going to be searching, you know, for a couple minutes. And, you know, if it's really competitive, they're going to be clicking on the other, other competitors where Facebook, there's a, people spend a lot more time browsing through their Facebook news feed Another thing too, if we're comparing uh, the- well, I think there's some misconceptions in that because if right. if I've got my ad on AdWords and I'm that mechanic looking for that oil change, as long as I've got my ad up there, I don't need them to search for 30 minutes or spend 30 minutes on Google. I need them, I need them to find me now immediately and I don't care if it takes five seconds or 30 seconds, right? It's just because it's intent-based, 
I'm, you're getting in front of them at a, at a different point in the, the buying process, maybe where Facebook is more distraction. Some people call it like distraction marketing. They're not there for an oil change. They're not there to look for an oil change, but you are trying to convince them that they should check out your oil change services because you're local. Right. Um, I guess that's the, a little bit of a difference. Yeah, I'm a- I'm going to read uh, from SJ, Stephen James. He wrote it in the, the live chat. Facebook is like meeting someone at a wedding and hitting it off. It feels more organic, but it's softer. Google is speed dating. <laughs> yeah. And here's something that Tim brought up for Thanks, me yeah. when, you, when you started talking about Google AdWords and stuff. When you're thinking about bidding, remember that Google, when they do put that search term in there, there's only 10 results that are showing. How many times do you click page two? So the competitiveness of those ads on page one of Google, you can understand, you know, when I you're bidding. I guess the other disadvantage is you have to know exactly what they're going to be searching for. So like if I was looking for an oil change in my local area, I would look up mechanic. <laughs> like I wouldn't look up oil change. So right. you've also got the disadvantage that you're actually having to target and think like the people are going to think. And so, right. yes, you can get them when they're ready to buy. And yes, that's very advantageous except if you can't guess the exact words that they're going to look up are they going to look up mechanic camber or are they going to look up mechanic and then the little subset of the sub suburb um so i guess that that's where you can end up spending a lot of money because you misunderstand what people are likely to actually search for whereas facebook you've got it's a little bit broader yeah like say you're you're targeting like uh, let's just take a single zip code right or maybe a city it's easy on Facebook just to blanket cover them. Where on face on AdWords and Google, like you said, you have to have that intent to know what they're searching. And like oil change, if I put that in, am I looking for someone to change my oil, or am I looking for the oil and the filter to do it myself? Because there's potentially two different intents that are happening at the same time. And and like you said, I think that's where AdWords can be. Uh, you do have to know your audience and have done res- a little, probably I would yeah. say the learning curve is a little higher where you have to know your audience, know what they would be searching for and be willing to spend money to see what people are searching for. Yeah. To get the data and I guess then if you did nail it, it would be highly profitable because the, you know, you, you're capturing them at the point where they're ready to buy, but you've got to absolutely nail it. Whereas yes. what we're saying with Facebook is you, you have more room to play around and to try it out and maybe catch them at an earlier phase where they weren't thinking about their oil change, but now they are thinking about it. Um, so you might spend a little bit less money, not capture them right at the point that they're ready to buy, but be capturing them a little bit earlier. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to bring up a couple of things here. I'm going to circle back to Facebook ads because this is the Facebook ads episode, and <laughs> not the Google AdWords and Facebook know, ads I episode. I know. People consider no. where am I going to spend my money? Am I going to spend? No, I get it. Or Facebook. Yeah, I, I think we, we covered some really valuable stuff and people do have those questions. I would like, because we're running out of time, um, I would like for us to give some practical strategies and tips maybe. Somebody in the, you know, Daryl Wilson posted in the in the chat, he, he talked about how click forum, you know, ads on Facebook have clicked on his ad and it cost him a bunch of money and stuff. And it's very important. These are, this is first tip that you're going to get, um, you know, know the countries that do, you know, the spamming, the click farming, 
you can, when you're creating these audiences and building these ads and Facebook and stuff, you control everything down to the demographics in the country. We have a list of how, how many is it? 25 or 50 countries that we market to. And then we cut out all of the other countries that we just know is, is going to be just a bunch of crap clicks, for example. I don't know how to say it other than that. Um, but that's one thing. Definitely, you know, look at the countries, find out which ones, you know, do that kind of stuff that's going to cost you money and don't put them in. What's another good tip? And then I'm going to get a VPN and click on it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it, Corey. <laughs> so, so I have a maybe. question, not a tip. Oh, um, but so if I'm looking at starting to advertise, like what kind of advertising should I do in the sense of like what type of content? So I notice mm. uh, Tim Streifer loves posting uh, videos and advertising those. <laughs> um, or should I, uh, do I have to do an image or is text okay? You know, like what? What type of content should I be looking at? Yeah, I was literally right just about that. to say that. Yeah. I, I think videos do really well um, for a couple reasons. You know, there's motion. It grabs people's attention. But and, and then also, like, I feel like our society. The videos are audio play. What? Are, are the videos audio autoplay? Yeah, because they're autoplay. Um, I think unless you're you turn off autoplay, don't they always autoplay? Tim just doesn't test, so he doesn't. He doesn't. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly. autoplay for me, but without sound. Who, so who hasn't have... been going? Yeah, about that's their... how it does for everyone. They autoplay without sound, and when you click on it, there's sound. Who hasn't Tim's been going about their morning works. routine and had Tim pop up on on your uh, Facebook feed? <laughs> yeah. Autoplay. All I can say is those are very, very profitable Facebook ads. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, videos, I mean, that's not just from my experience. Like you, if you like Google, like Facebook ad, you know, tips or, you know, whatever you'll find from uh, reputable people that statistically videos do better. Um, again, Corey's probably going to challenge me on that for whatever reason, but I'm only gonna <laughs> say not to, my, my advice before you started was not to make assumptions, but that, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Don't make assumptions, test, look at your data. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I, I would recommend ever doing a text-based ad, Jerry. I think at minimum have some sort of an image. Um, another thing I'm going to throw out there, and if you've seen my ads, you know I do this, is my face is in there. It's a video. It's my face. I think people want to buy from people, not companies. And so you automatically build trust you can uh, get some credibility by, by showing your face. Um, I think it's part of it's, you know, kind of a subconscious thing. People will trust a face they can see. Um, additionally, in the newsfeed, it's a very noisy newsfeed, lots of other ads. You have a face in there. It kind of blends in with the things that they like, you know, pictures of their friends and their family and stuff. So it's another face in the newsfeed. Again, as Corey would say, that's an assumption. If we're, if we're not as good looking as you, Tim, do you have any recommendations for how we can... Uh... <laughs> I think yeah, yeah. a smiling yeah. face is better than no smiling face. <laughs> I agree. I, I agree. I don't think it has to do with, you know, a 20 something model thing. I think people connect with people. So, you know, Jerry, put your mug out there, man. I like seeing your, your face <laughs> or, you know? or find an influence, find an influencer, Jerry. Oh, there you go. That's <laughs> a good idea. I need a face. Sarah will rep your product for you if you want. <laughs> that would probably be a very wise move, Jerry. <laughs> I probably would because your products are pretty good. So, you know. 
Yeah, I think that's that's good and valuable questions. The bottom line is, is you want to be doing some testing. You want to you want to do some A/B testing. The good thing about Facebook is, is it's affordable enough to where you can do some testing, put some stuff out there, you know, try it out, see if what works for one may not work for the other. Try an image ad, try a video ad, and see what happens. I know that you know we're in the process this year doing some testing and stuff with Facebook ads and. Uh, we're in the middle of it right now, and I'm excited to hear what the, to see what the future holds. I can tell you right now, Facebook ads are profitable. You know, they're great at the end of the day. Um, we haven't lost any money running Facebook ads. So, you know, I don't know what to say other than that. Go do it. <laughs> what are some other practical tips? Audience control. Images versus videos, A-B testing. Uh, I would say a, 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 an easy place to wade in is if you don't want to run like what we talked about earlier, like the cold ads, then to a, a minimum, get the pixel set. Even if you run no ads, just put the pixel on your website would be the bare minimum to start because then at least you start collecting that data. And if at some point you do want to start running ads, you've at least built up quote, like an audience, so to speak, that you can run the ads to, or at a minimum, um, if it's been beyond like three to six months, maybe then you just, at least you've got the data from a demographical standpoint to know where people are coming from and, and the, the, some of the targeting options around them. But first and foremost, get the pixel up on your website. That's probably the most important tip of anything that we're telling you here today even if you don't do them, get it put onto your website because one day you're going to realize the value of it and having that data to be able to create those audiences is going to be huge. Yeah. And if uh, to that point too, if you're running e-commerce an e-commerce business and you suddenly want to do ads, you need to have the pixel on there for it to learn. It has to have some data to be able to learn what a, a purchase looks like so that if you want to do an ad to, you know, uh, I guess promote something, if someone didn't finish the, the purchase, you know, they just added it to cart Facebook, the pixel needs to learn what that process looks like and get that data. Otherwise you'll get a notice saying there hasn't been enough data for you to run this ad. Um, and so that's why new sites, you know, that can happen a lot. I have a question for you. Is it a Facebook ad if um, like you go to purchase something, you put it in your cart and then you get a Facebook messenger message saying, Hey, I noticed you didn't like purchase these things. Do you want a code? Is that a Facebook ad or is that a whole different thing? That's, that's a whole messenger ad, right? Yeah. Okay. I don't think it's well, if you're in messenger and see the ad, then it's a messenger ad. If you're on a website and you get a pop that says, Hey, you didn't buy chat with me. No, it's like in messenger. So like, I, I guess they, I was looking they are at running ads in messenger now. Yeah. Okay. But some people well, are also using Facebook messenger as an exit intent live chat option on oh, their cool. websites. Yeah. And there's some messenger bots and stuff too. I heard like currently they they've paused that for the time being, but um, yeah, there's some third party applications that hook into Facebook messenger that are like automated bots. And Mike brings up a good point with GDPR coming out next month, May 25th. 
remember to add Facebook pixel to your privacy policy and stuff, the data that you're collecting and stuff. We had an episode a few episodes back where we talked about GDPR and what's coming down the pike for collecting all of this data and stuff. So great point, Mike. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. And chatbots are, are, are getting bigger and bigger. And I think they're probably from what everything I read and podcasts that I listen to and stuff, they're, they're part of the future of, of, you know, Facebook advertising and stuff. They're predicting that it's going to be a, the next big thing. So um, might want to get into it early sooner rather than later be the trendsetter. As opposed nice. To we can probably do a whole topic on chatbots at some point. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm not familiar with them enough yet. So I haven't even been graced enough to be targeted in my messaging yet. So <laughs> I'm, I'm curious to what it looks like. I really do. I want to see it. Now, I just so. got targeted last night with something and I just, I wondered if it was actually advertising or if it was just some other like recover a cart type system. Yeah. Anyway, abandoned don't want to read derail. Yeah. So what else? What are the things? So I think the pixeling was huge. I think um, set a budget was one of the things that Corey brought up, which I think is a great idea. Um, Pablo, Pablo had a question about the ads that interrupt videos on Facebook. Oh, yeah. Well, that's Facebook's ad platform. Corey, you may be more familiar with that than me. I, I don't know that that has to do with targeting. That's like their big advertisers, right? Well, it does from a, it's, it, those are all just called placements. So whether you see it in the newsfeed, whether you see it on the sidebar, whether you see it in Messenger, whether you see it in a video, or even if you see it on Instagram, which Facebook owns, so the ad platform is one and the same, uh, or if you see it in their very, they've got like third-party partners as well. Um, so those are all just placements, and you can either, you can, and that's where uh, we were talking about like some of the segmenting, right? If you wanted to get super granular, you would actually have various ad sets for the various places you're targeting. Meaning you would have a Facebook newsfeed ad, a sidebar ad, a, um, a video ad, a messenger ad, because you could see that some of those segments wouldn't perform as well as others, or some were just totally a waste. Like maybe you're getting a bunch of impressions in messenger, but no, absolutely zero people are clicking it or buying from it. Um, you could, you could cut those out. And so you're not wasting that spend. Um, it's just placements. So, so I have, I think the the placement that Pablo was talking about, they're like super short. Are those available to everyone? Because they're like, from what I've seen, it seems like they've they've only opened them up to like big brands because they're they're short. I think like ten second little quick videos that are like, you know, when you're thirty seconds into a video type of a thing. Yeah, I don't think it's open everywhere. I think it's just in in like a beta or testing phase. Uh, yeah, YouTube, they they used to call them like ad rolls. Um, I, I worked. I did sales yeah. for a newspaper and they used to call them ad rolls, like in the middle of like a news segment segment or something like that. It would come in 10 seconds and then resume. Yeah. And um, I'm curious because I, I, I haven't seen that in the, in the Facebook ad platform and maybe Corey has, but um, so like Buzzfeed, for example, they put out all those viral videos and stuff. And typically when I'm get sucked in and, I want to see one of those viral videos and stuff is when that happens. Are they, how are they 
you have the option, you know, how, how is that? I haven't seen them in the ad platform to be able to okay. buy them. Like I said, like Tim was saying, I think that they're like a, a beta, like testing okay. stage. So they've only got it open to certain advertising partners currently. YouTube did the same thing when they run, launched their pre post role and various different ad formats. They tested it with certain publishing partners. And I think that's what Facebook is doing because I've seen them in the wild, but I've not seen it in the back end ad platform. Okay. Cause I, I hadn't either. And, but I'm not as well versed as you are with the back, back end. Yeah. A lot of times that when I see those ads, depending on how long the ad is going to be, and that, that's probably what they're testing is the length because I'm like, how bad do I want to watch this video? And a lot of times yeah. I'll just skip close it, it out. It pisses <laughs> me it off too that it's interrupting. Yeah. Yeah. It's like bringing back old school TV with commercials and stuff. Well, it's kind of like if you go to YouTube, you're intending to watch something on YouTube. So you're willing to sit through an ad. But if there's a video in Facebook, you're not necessarily intending to watch the video. It might have just stumbled across and right. you think, yeah, why not? But then an ad is enough to stop you from watching it. It's yeah, like it I... wakes you up from your little like browser. Yeah, your, your trance, your Facebook yeah. video trance. <laughs> yeah. yeah <that> <laughs> And, and I, you know, I cut the cord for a reason, by golly. I didn't want to be marketed to on, on, on cable television. <laughs> I turn them off. I got to tell you, I do. I don't watch the videos. That ad starts playing, and it has to be something that I want to watch so terribly bad that I'll sit through the ad that they So I guess play. on the cutting the cord thing, um, with all the Facebook stuff that's been going on lately, a lot of people said, oh, we're just all going to quit Facebook, and Facebook's going to die. I, I don't think it's going to die, but do you guys have different opinions on that? Hell I don't think no. anyone's going anywhere, but, you know, a lot of people have been talking about. Leaving. I think it'll be a blip in the entire Facebook story. You know, a year from now, even, it's not going to make a difference. That's yeah. my You mean to tell me we can start Macebook? It, now's the good time to get our competing <laughs> platform up? <laughs> that sounds painful. I was trying I to think. <laughs> Or the big ball with the spikes on there at the Mesas. <laughs> that kind of mace is better, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think so. I mean, I kind of agree with Tim. I think it's a blip in the road. You know, how many how many users does Facebook have? A couple of billion, you know. Uh, they could lose a few million and it's not even you know, going to phase them. Hasn't stopped me from viewing Facebook and going online and stuff with Facebook. Has it with any of you guys? Just a curious little six panel. Um, it- if I didn't have to use it for business, I think I'm a bit over Facebook, to be honest. But I, I use it for business, so there's no way I'm going anywhere. So Yeah. Before yeah. I started using it for Facebook, it was something that I would check maybe once a week, maybe. But and so if it wasn't for business, I probably, it'd be kind of the same thing, but definitely all the privacy stuff, all that was not, you know, that would not deter me. I all. checked if I got, if I was in the list, did you guys check? This is totally derailing at this point. I don't know. <laughs> I want to know where the list is. Can you put I a checked. link in where the list uh, is? You go into the search, the little search icon, and then you type in that, whatever Analytica thing, Cambridge Analytica, and it just, it gives you a link and says whether or not you were one of the people. Anyway, uh, that's a side rail, but um, yeah, honestly, I, I am a bit over Facebook. I'm sick of, I don't actually see any of my friends, anything anymore. All I see is ads and videos. 
So I'm a bit over Facebook, but I don't know if I'm just that person, but I'm still there because of business or if there's a lot of people out there who feel that way, but are not tied in from business standpoint. And so, but yeah, I can't see it going anywhere either. Well, yeah, I don't check it very much either. I, uh, but I also consider my time frame. you know, like I, I work multiple jobs and my time is very limited. And so I don't have a lot of like casual, like, Hey, let's just kind of browse kind of time. So yeah. I might, if I still had that, but uh, other than that, I just use it for, uh, you know, kind of official type stuff that's needed. I'm we the kind of guy that signs up for newsletters and for uh, snail mail and other activities just to get the advertising. So uh, <laughs> I, was, I was not affected by the breach, but uh, is that because you want to see how they advertise, or correct. is that absolutely? Yeah. I know yeah. Corey Hammond likes so and so hosting. Yep, I was going to say <laughs> I always see that. I scroll through my newsfeed and it's always like Corey Hammond likes this company. Go to another business page. Corey Hammond likes this company. <laughs> <laughs> Personally, I, only I do use it, it then when they retarget or run ads against the audience, I'll go to their website and then just casually browse to see if I get retargeted. So yeah, this uh, is, I, I personally, I'm a different candy crush. person. <laughs> I personally only use it for candy crush. So I apologize for all the invitations. And- <laughs> <laughs> Look, Corey brought up, y'all brought up something very good. Cause I'm the same way. Corey started talking. I'm the same way. I sign up for email letter newsletters. I want to see how they're marketing. And stuff. you're like Especially, the one person that reads the email newsletters, right? That's right. I want to see. Well, I don't I'll scan them. The one person that still calls them newsletters. Oh man, you're killing me, Tim. You're killing <laughs> how me. many people check uh, their spam folders? <laughs> Every no. once in a while. I do, yes, but for, for newsletters and random stuff or just whatever. No, just to catch anything that, you know, I'm supposed to see, but I didn't see. Yeah, business. Oh, yeah, business. I, I read through spam. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh... All right, who responds to the spam? <laughs> here, here's, here you go. Don't feed the trolls. Solici- if I get a cold solicitation that's just way bad, I've be- if I'm in the wrong mood, I will reply back and be like... Just mess with them? clean up your act because if you're going to really send me this crap and you're going to follow up with me in three weeks on this crap, at least <laughs> better at what you're doing because I don't want to be marketed to if it's really that bad. Here, here's something that y'all brought up a very valid point that I think is good with Facebook ads. You see what your competition is doing. If you know somebody's out there and successful and they're watching, here's your tip. And and you know they're a successful business in your niche. Watch what they do. Replicate what they do. See if it works for you. If they're running an awesome video ad with a handsome young lad like Tim Streifler and it's working, (laughs) try it out, you know? Yeah, I think it's a good idea. And it's also a good point that newsletters for the majority of people are now being filtered into a whole other folder that they never have to look at unless they choose to look at it. So at least with Facebook at the moment, you know, it's there for people and you're probably going to have more luck than with a lot of newsletters. Cause at least for me, most of my newsletters go into a whole other folder unless I've chosen to keep it in my inbox. So it's almost like you're triple opting in now to a newsletter compared to Facebook is just there. Awesome. Well, I think, is there anything else that we need to go over in this episode? 
I think so. I think we're making up going long for last week, uh, being short. Yeah. That's I wasn't there. Yeah, I missed right. out on that one. I wasn't there. Derails. I just derail nobody, us all over the Nobody was there for our jetpack conversation. Yeah, we, we could use <laughs> used a couple more people at least. Thanks, team. <laughs> jetpack. It's a bunch of random crap you don't need from automatic. Okay, that's it. <laughs> oh, don't be a hater. Where were we? Where were we? <laughs> You need I think it, I have to go man. watch it now. I haven't even watched uh, it yet. It's actually gotten it more legit in the last three months, I would say. I know it has. I know. Yeah. I'm just giving it hard. <laughs> I've never used it. I, so a lot of people like it, so I can't knock. Now Jetpack like will come out with a module it. for Facebook ads. You watch. <laughs> I'm sure All they right. will. Why don't we do some parting thoughts? Does anybody want to volunteer to go first? I'll go first so no one can steal it. Jerry. Hey Jerry, how about you go first? <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna steal actually Corey's advice from earlier because I really liked it. And that is to uh, set a budget. I like what he said, two to three times what your product is or whatever service you're wanting to market and uh, just test it out. And so for me personally, I, I did it. I actually did that a couple months back. I tested a Facebook ad for Jedi and uh, ran some experiments. And then I started getting too many support requests. And so I had to back down, but uh, it was good, <laughs> good data gathering so that I can uh, kind of regroup and then retarget to uh, an audience that'll be better suited for, <laughs> for using my product. But, um, but yeah, just getting started, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't too bad. And then I, I found this tool um, called Ad Espresso, and you can check it out at adespresso.com. And they have some kind of good, like, just you know, for the person who knows nobody or nothing like, like I did. Uh, and you just start from scratch and kind of some guides for getting started. And uh, they have a plugin also for getting the pixel set up on your website. So you can check that out, experiment a little bit and uh, yeah, get some data to regroup and figure out what you want to do next. Did, did you have a bunch of Ewoks sign up for your product? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stormtroopers, Ewoks. Yep. <laughs> Before the next parting thought, Jerry, here's your marketing tip. It's adespresso.com slash REF equal. <laughs> that's, that's where you want to go to check out the product. Right. <laughs> All right. Nice. Who's next? I, I'll, I'll go. Um, yeah. I, I guess my parting thought would be if you have a business, you're thinking about doing it, just, just do it. Um, you're not going to, you're not going to make any, any huge mistake unless you set like a huge budget and bankrupt yourself. Um, I actually like in our fledgling days of Aspen Grove studios used to do our ads and I, I just kind of built a interest based group off of, you know, people who are in, interested in WordPress, Divi, some different things, set an age group. I, I, you know, I thought people over 90 might not be, uh, buyers of our products. Maybe, maybe they are now. Um, so just kind of, kind of use your best judgment, but, do it. Um, if you think, you know, you're doing it for a while, your business is growing, it's not where your time is best served, then maybe uh, outsource it, find somebody who, who can help you with it and uh, just, just do it. You're not going to break anything. So have fun with it. Boom. Who's next? I think my mm -hmm. big takeaway from the episode, given that I'm learning just as much as anyone else, um, would be to focus on hot leads. So putting the Facebook pixel and then um, give it a crack with the hot leads with people who are already having a look at your website. And I'm pretty keen to work on some of my clients who are locally based 
like a mechanic that I happen to have. So, you know, like I, <laughs> I think that was a real example. Um, I, I think I'd like to, you know, test out with a few of my clients and see how they go locally um, with some hot leads and just see what's happening there. Awesome. I can go. Um, so as uh, Corey Jenkins mentioned, you know, just give it a try and, and go for it. Use your best judgment. Totally agree. Um, also don't give up too soon. Uh, if you try it, you know, for a couple of days and like, you don't have this huge influx of sales or uh, leads or whatever it may be. Um, that's a little soon. Give it some time. Give it like a solid month trial at bare minimum. I would say three months uh, to really, you know, have the ads running enough to enough people as well as the, you know, the pixel to get dialed in as well as for you to get used to and go in and, and start tweaking some things. Uh, another thing is um, if you see some ads, as David mentioned earlier, uh, you know, replicate people that are, are killing it, that are doing well. Um, and so with that said, if you stumble across an ad, that's really good. It's really creative. It's kind of out of the box thinking, um, save it. You can save posts, uh, and you can come back to it later. And that way you don't forget about it. Um, and then last piece of advice, retargeting, um, with retargeting and the pixel and everything, you can retarget different ads. So say for example, someone adds your product to cart and then leaves without buying with the pixel, you can tar uh, show them a different ad to all the people that added to cart, but didn't buy. And so, or you could do it with, you know, a, a landing page. If they didn't subscribe, you can show them a different ad and you don't want to keep showing them the same ad. If they didn't, if one ad didn't work, use a different ad that might appeal, you know, to a, you know, kind of a different angle, uh, in order, uh, to, yeah, try to get the lead, get the sale, whatever it may be. Awesome. Corey H. I think my, my parting advice would be, uh, to mix a couple of those comments, but also maybe sit down and put a little more planning together. Um, obviously, like I already mentioned, it's important to put the pixel on your site as kind of a first step, but maybe even defining who you want to target. If you're going to run some cold stuff, who your audience is, um, maybe sit down and think about on your website, where are the various conversion aspects? If you're trying to get them to opt into a form or make a purchase define what those buyer paths look like uh, ahead of time um, and put some planning on what, what you want to get out of those Facebook ads when you actually do start them and allocate that budget. And then based on that um, and having some, some maybe some preset goals, then act on it with that allocated budget and, and kind of do it. But I think that pre-planning um, don't let it hold you up, but the pre-planning I think would be helpful just so you know, what you're trying to measure and get out of it uh, before you do it. I'm going to give a little bit of a different parting thought vein than what everybody else did. I completely agree 100% with what all the five other people said, and I would just be repeating what they did. If you're a web developer and you're building clients' websites, one of the benefits of getting in the Facebook ads is you can sell these as services to your clients and stuff. And it's not as difficult as you think it might be to go out and create Facebook ads that are effective. Because the cost is relatively inexpensive from a business standpoint to get into the Facebook ad games, it's, you can do some, do some good with clients and look like a superhero and stuff. So consider it to be possibly a, a, another 
revenue stream in your web development business, you know, with Facebook ads and stuff. And we didn't even cover that or talk about that side of it. We just talked about, you know, running Facebook ads and stuff, but Anything from a service out, side, fake it till you make it. that's right. If, if anything else, fake it till you make it. <laughs> um, hey, well, thanks for joining us, Corey. Thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, thanks, Sarah, Corey. Thank you. Sarah, thanks Corey, for Jerry, and Tim for coming on too. It's been awesome. And you know what? I was so excited to talk about Facebook ads that I didn't hit my little record button. So I'm going to have to download the YouTube video. <laughs> so, it's okay. It's okay. It's more than one way to skin a cat. So. It's, of course, when it's 15 minutes longer than the, than the usual. That's right. <laughs> now, I want to say thank you for coming in and tuning live. I do notice that we have quite a few more guests than we normally have live today. And we really appreciate you guys being here. Thanks for coming and we'll see Let's you next week. Thumbs up. Oh, smash the like button like Pablo says. Give us a thumbs smash up. It. That would be fantastic. Till next week, we'll see you guys later. Bye-bye, everybody. Take care. Bye. Bye. Adios.